Hello and welcome to the Private Practice Made Perfect podcast. I'm Cathy Love. I started life as an OT, had a, an amazing, crazy private practice which I sold. And what I do now is help allied health business owners create a business that serves them, the time, the money, the joy that they absolutely deserve. And this is where my idea for the podcast started. What I want to do is to capture how hard allied health business owners in Australia work to achieve their dreams, to support their teams, to create amazing outcomes for their clients. So sit back, beverage of choice, drive safely, walk carefully, however you're listening in, and I hope you absolutely enjoy. Kerry Canning is in for a conversation today on the podcast. Kerry and I have known each other for quite some time. Kerry's the co-founder and director of HR Advice Online. Welcome. Thank you, Kathy. It's so lovely to be here today in a gorgeous Melbourne day as well. Oh, it is too. Got that little glimmer of blue. We always get a bit excited on, on that front. So... We've got, you know, an agenda of about 35 things to get through, but, and we will stray, I hope, because we always have good conversations when we catch up. Tell us a little bit about HR Advice Online. Absolutely. So, Kathy, as you know, you were there at the beginning of our journey. So, yes. 12 years ago, HR Advice Online was born. And, um, and, and basically, we describe ourselves as an outsourced HR team for small businesses around Australia. So anything that a HR team would do in a large organisation, we do, but we do it for small business clients. And so they are things like, you know, at the end of the phone, you've got our beautiful HR advisory team of real human beings based here in Melbourne that have got great practical knowledge of HR. So it's any question about, goodness me, how much do I pay someone when they're working on a Saturday in my clinic to... I got asked that just yesterday. Did you really? Yeah. You know, we get it all the time. It's like, do, you know, is that overtime or is that normal rate of pay or which award does that apply for? Or, you know, through to I need to restructure and make a couple of roles redundant and I have no idea what to do to, yeah, what's this thing called an award? So it's that very practical advice holding business owners' hands about everything to do with HR. And what I love about your work is that, You've got some track record um, across many industries, but in 2011, you were kind of pioneering this space. It's funny, isn't it? When I look back now and go, we were, because our model is all of our team, we all work from home. So we've never had an office. We never planned to have an office. And what we did was we looked at, so what do people need for HR? So they need documentation. So employment contracts, performance management policies, handbooks, they need a real human being to talk to about my real issue. And then they want to know when things have changed, but more importantly, what do they need to do? So we thought, you know, you can get software products, you can have consultants. Why don't we create this kind of model, which is a membership model, where clients sign up for 12 months minimum, they can pay by the month, it's really cost effective, and they get everything in one bundle. So there's no surprises about I'm going to get an extra invoice. It's a set and forget fixed monthly fee. And, you know, we're talking $3,000 a year, Kathy. It's a very minimal expense. So what happens is people know they've got, it's like buying insurance. They've, they're managing the risk. They know they've got people at the end of the phone and email to talk to. The big piece that um, once business owners get 
this, they are totally clients for life, is this whole thing around compliance. And HR is a classic, classic moment that you do not know what you do not know. And and you, you can't just ask your friends at the barbecue. You can't only go to your lawyer friend of a friend of a cousin. Correct. Because it's so nuanced. I I remember getting HR advice gazillions of years ago in my first business, and my mind was blown hmm. at the complexity of it and the detail and what my response. I had no clue what my responsibilities were. Yeah. It's interesting, isn't it? So people will say, oh, "I've got this great policy," or "I found a contract," and I've googled it, and I go, "Fabulous!" <gasps> and then what we dig into, and we had a client recently. We said, "Where did you get again?" I'm not being critical, but just help me understand where you got this from. Oh, I found it on the internet and it actually related to employment law in the States, for example. And it's like, Mm. so, you know, it looks good on the surface. And, you know, one of the common things that people say to us, Kathy, is, well, I've only got a couple of employees or one. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Or I don't need it. And I go, no, you don't. You don't think you need it. And I'm not going to overcomplicate and tell you all the things that you do know that I know. But let me just ask you a couple of questions. So, again, along the, you know, the, since 2011, we've evolved and created a few new things. Um, for example, if a client's just hiring their first employee and they're not even thinking about policies and handbooks, we go, just let us help you create the employment contract to start with. We just mm-hmm. do that as a little project, a fee for service. You've got that. You get to know us. And then you'll start and evolve and think, oh, well, now I need this and now I need that. So we kind of, but well, the beautiful thing of having your own business, as you know, is that you can slice and dice what you do to fit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so this whole piece around fair work and compliance, it's a mm. mystery to so many. But once you start to get into conversation with trusted professionals, you get a bit more confident and a bit more, you kind of calm down about it, if you like. Oh, you and I always say my job is to demystify the process. So, mm. for example, a client might say, oh, I can't do this, I can't terminate someone because what if I end up with an unfair dismissal claim? I said, well, let me just explain to you what actually happens. Yeah. So if you get an unfair dismissal claim, and, of course, every employee has the right, um, here's what you can expect. You know, you get a form that looks like this, You put this information in there. You know, if you've gone through the right process, you you know, you evidence that. So, sure, you might end up, there may be some form of settlement, but if you've done all the right things and, you know, followed process and it's a reasonable outcome, then what you may have to pay, if anything, is very much reduced. So you kind of demystify that for them because people think, oh, I've got to pay six months, I've got to reinstate them, my name's going to be out there. No, 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 no. (laughs) So I think when you take that fear away, people go, oh, okay, now I feel more comfortable. Fear is such a key word to drop in there, um, Kerry, because sometimes business owners don't grow or don't have the courage to grow because the fear is screaming louder than the I want to expand and help and work with more people piece because there just is that lack of information and understanding. And so we just stay in our shell and, you know, hope it all works all right. Absolutely. And as you know, it's all about the headlines. So, you know, the scary headlines out there about, oh, this sector's been targeted or these people have had to do a back payment. So, you know, we... We don't know what we don't know, so therefore we say, well, I'll just kind of. Who, who knows that stuff? Who knows that stuff, exactly, yeah. yeah. So who are your clients? 
So our clients, I always say our clients, so first of all, we operate Australia-wide and we operate in every sector and every industry. So there's 120 plus modern awards to give you an example of categories. Yay, lucky you. And we do A to Z, but we don't have a zoo um, yet. So we haven't got a zoo yet. So we're looking for a Z. So we'll have to think of where we can do that. A zucchini grower. A zucchini grower, you're absolutely right. That could be diversified. Yep. Yep, absolutely. But in terms of and for your audience, so we are we're very proud to to announce and confirm that we are the partner of choice for HR for ALPA, which is the Allied Health Professions Australia. Um, I'm so excited to hear that. And which is why we've got so many opportunities for for us to continue to work together. So, you know, they have a number of we think about their structure. So their organisation is the, the peak body and within them they have members, so 30-plus member organisations. So some examples might be Audiology Australia or Australian Chiropractors Association or Music Therapy. So we do a lot in that space. And even before we partnered with ARPA, We've done. We've had lots of of clients in the allied health space and health broadly. So mm. when I say A to Z, this we could be talking about a, a you know a practice of an like we've got a, an audiology clinic for example that's been with us for so many years, and um, they've got a number of clinics around Melbourne and throughout Victoria. We've got the counselling associations, so they're working with practitioners. So we've got like two levels. So the membership organisation themselves. And then all of their practitioners, some of which are students, some of which are working in private practice, and a lot that are running their own businesses with maybe one or two employees or sometimes mm-hmm. 10 or 30. Yeah, yeah. I think having that broad portfolio of um, industries is really, really helpful and really strengthens the advice that you can bring um, and the guidance you can bring to the allied health piece. But having some nuanced allied health working language and concepts and I'm sure you've heard about the NDIS and all of those bits and pieces that just really sharpens sharpens it um, as well like absolutely and I'll give you an example you know we had a call um was last year actually from someone that had found us on Google so Google's you know certainly no no um issue with Google as long as you use it for not downloading employment contracts um, who said, hey, we're, you know, we're an NDIS provider, we're in regional New South Wales, I've got this Shads Award, which I'm sure a lot of your clients oh, know yeah. about. And Kerry, we don't we can't work out these meal breaks and you know, is, is it overnight and do we do this? So again, they're not a membership client. They said, you know, really, we're just happy to come to you every now and again and get some advice. So um, and they happened to be in a town, and we were sort of, of course talking about the town that they were living in. So um, we've helped them and then only, you know, two months ago they came back and said, now I've got another query, can you help me? So yeah. I think, you know, that, that sector is, it, you know, there's complexities, particularly around, you know, going into people's homes, whether you're working in, in practice and people are coming mm-hmm. to you, employees, contractors, some of those little nuances, Cathy. Yeah, yeah. It, you know, this is all we do. You know, this is all yep. we specialise in is what does the letter of the law mean and how does it apply to your business in your sector? Yeah. That's yeah. it. Yeah. Uh, let's change gears a little and chat about COVID because we're still chatting about COVID. We're in Melbourne. We are still we are still <laughs> processing the last shreds of COVID. But when we were kind of talking the other the other week, COVID is, is leaving us some, some good stuff and some not so good stuff. What have you observed in this? What have you observed during COVID? And then what are some of the key issues that 
you guys are still dealing with yeah. post-COVID. And you're right. So, you know, 2022, who would have thought we'd still be saying the C word, but we are. So yeah. certainly during the time, so initially, as, as I'm sure all of your listeners will, will appreciate and understand, there was this amazing, particularly in Victoria, overnight we need to adapt and then the rest of Australia and the world. I've got people now they need to work from home. So, you know, what, what are we going to do with that? How do they work from home? How does that you know, just, what is working from home? What is working from home? You know, do you have to have an office? Do you have to have what equipment? Um, the checklist that you do from a health and safety perspective. So we had that initial, okay, let's just get people working remotely. So let's do that first of all. Then we sort of transitioned through a few things around, obviously, vaccinations. So mandates, um, you know, so particularly in health. So mandated to be able to do it. What do I do if my employee doesn't want to be vaccinated or not yet? Oh, my gosh, the things you forget. I know. Isn't it funny? (laughs) Because I was only having this conversation the other day with someone, in fact, yesterday, um, with somebody where the sector was mandated and they refused to. It's like, well, you can't run your business. Mm. Like, you just cannot do it if you're not going, you know, you you have to evolve. So we've had that. The other thing that's really interesting is around, um, a mindset and I'm going to talk about this from a business owner and a manager or leading people so when people used to physically come somewhere to go to work we had time and attendance so you come to the workplace you do your work and we pay you for the hours that you work we now have people that are remote so we can't physically see them even if you're on teams all day so we've moved from time and attendance to what I believe we should always have been doing which is actually about output yeah So, and we've done this with our team. We've never had a physical office. We've always done remote working. So it's about here's what you need to achieve, whether that takes you three hours, five hours, 10 hours, or 3 a.m. or 10 p.m., quite frankly, doesn't matter. Mm. So this mindset of moving managers to trust, set up very clear guidelines and deliverables. So, Kathy, do what you need to do in the time that works for you, and as long as you achieve this outcome, great. Now, I understand if we're doing some hands-on practical treatment, that can be more challenging, so I'm not disregarding that at all. But it is about that, you know, we're not doing that 24-7. So what are the other bits that we're doing? So I think what's been really great and the, the positive carrying through is certainly that, so the performance management leadership style, our language, trusting people, treating them as adults, so therefore setting up some more different systems. So that's been fantastic. And also people, employees and employees thinking about what's important in, in the world anymore. So, you know, we've had mm-hmm. we've seen a lot of people that have changed their hours and their structure for their work, their mental health. So pro- my experience, because a lot of our team are permanent part-time, is they're way more productive because mm-hmm. I come to work, I know what I'm doing, I know what I can deliver, and I can do my other things as well. Yeah. From a manager's point of view, the piece around sort of output is you actually need to know what output you want and need from your team. And and this is so if we talk performance management broadly, I say to people, so you've got your new your new person's come on board, fabulous, and it's all really exciting at the start. And we go, you know, and then at some point in time, we might say, well, I wonder if they're doing a good job. And yeah, I think I am. Hmm. Oh, it's yeah. a good job. That's a good job. So how do you know? So I always say to to clients, begin with the end in mind. So let's think end of day one, end of week one, end of month three, end of month six. How am I going to know if this person is capable of doing their work? So there's the cultural fit and all of that. But in terms of what will they need to have demonstrated? And then you match your KPIs. So 
example, we had a new a new team member start on Monday, and I said, all you need to do on day one is make sure that you put your voice message on your mobile phone, the business mobile phone, and that you've got your email working and you know where to look. That's it. Yeah. Then by the end of day three, we're going to make sure that you've been able to do X. So, and that might sound a bit micro, but I tell you what, Kathy, if you get that right, your employee and your manager mm. both know. There's no surprises. Yeah. yeah. Yep. And it, it is such a good reminder about how specific to be with mm. what you expect the lovely humans to be doing with you and in Correct. your team. Because you yeah. know your business, you're doing it every day. It's hard to get all of that out of your head. So to be able to articulate, so again, project forward, it's now three months, I'm doing a review or six months, the end of the probation mm. period. How will we both know? Yeah. Yeah. So back to the COVID piece in this post-COVID era or what, I don't even know what this phase is called. I don't know. The media, yeah, checking out a media a fair bit at the moment. Uh, What about the great resignation? Is that a thing? Isn't that funny? And I think um, you and I were talking about this the other day. And in fact, just as early as this morning, there's a third term. So we've got great resignation. We've got quiet quitting. Ooh, we've got to talk about that. Yep. And we've got quiet firing. So let me talk the, the great resignation. That's literally hot off the press this morning, Kathy. Wow. So let's go back to great resignation. So great resignation is um, I'm an employee. I'm now working from home. And a lot of that was done over in Melbourne, so, you know, the start of that sort of summer yep. period when people traditionally start thinking about their world. So now what's happening is people are going, hmm, there's a few things going on. I'm now working from home. What do I really want to do in my world? There's some economic change is going around the world as we know interest Mm. rates are going up there's pressure on mortgage rates people's cost of living you know what is it ten dollars for lettuce I think we're back to about four but still so people started thinking about gee am I going to go am I going to stay so that was the the great resignation now some people certainly did what we're then seeing is that there's also the grass is not necessarily greener yeah so what we thought was going to be okay is not so we've had this sort of um the great resignation. Then we have quiet quitting and quiet quitting is discretionary effort. Uh, Let me love all these terms. I don't know who thinks them up. So now I'm an employee and I'm thinking, okay, well, again, what do I want to do in my my world? What do I want to do out of work? And my 24-7 focus on work maybe isn't that much anymore because it's not that important because you know what? I I or people I know may have been ill with COVID. Life is short. I'm reassessing. Mm. So yeah. what that means is I'm still doing what I need to do to do my role, but I might be pulling my discretionary effort back. So I may not be adding the extra bits. Now, that might be temporary. And, again, this yeah. talks about culture and how do you keep people to stay and keep them reengaged and invigorated. So there's sort of this, move, you know, reassessment of what's important for me as a human doing work. And then, as I said this morning, was, was um, quiet firing. So some managers are going, you know what, this is all too hard. So I'm going to use a a, a HR term, which is constructive dismissal. So the employee resigns because they feel they had no choice. So the manager can sometimes check out and go, this is all too hard. So I'm not going to do a formal performance process or disciplinary. I'm just going to also pull back a little bit. So if you think about it, you've got maybe an employee disengaging and a manager disengaging, and, and it's like, you know, in any relationship, seriously, rather than let's be adults and have a conversation and figure out what we want to do. So is this is this about managers thinking, I just wish they would leave, I hope they leave. Yeah, absolutely. If I, if I under-manage it, 
they'll just yep. walk themselves out the door. Is that this, Correct. this syndrome? Okay. Yeah, There's absolutely. a bit of that going on. There's a there bit, is of, that a bit going of that on. going on. But what so, you know, and that might sound a little bit negative, but the flip side of that and the positive is that there are also businesses that we know that are adapting and doing things completely differently. And and I put hand on heart, you know, when we started mm. our business, I was like, hmm, all of our team really need to work at least some hours every day so there's continuity. Now it's like one does three days, one does two days, one does every day for a few hours. It You know, it, it changes and it evolves and I think that's the key message is that we have to as business owners. Yep, yep. Yeah, revisit yeah. in this again I don't want to use a lot of jargon but the war for talent there's not many people out there so yeah. how do you find the right ones yeah yeah but it also it, it's challenging it's challenging thinking because you go into business for some reasons mm-hmm. and some motivations and they're often the first ones you lose <clears throat> and then you're sideswiped by market demands and economic demands and you you think you roll with that but Business can be really relentless and this adaptability piece is the card that you're playing day after day after day. Absolutely. And the resilience. Yeah, yeah. We've all had them as business owners. Some days you just go, oh, I think I'm in a bit enough. What am I going to do? I'm going down the beach. I'm going (laughs) down the beach. I'm going for a walk. So you've got to have people around you, whether it's a business partner, whether it's a family, your Mm. your significant other, your friends, colleagues (laughs) in similar in that network. To be able to go there, this stuff is really hard. And I don't know what to do. And we all know you get up the next day and something happens and you go, oh, I feel pretty good today. We've got enough in the tank. We can give this another spin. Absolutely. Of course we can. So, oh. yeah. So very, very interesting around um, this quiet quitting and quiet mm. firing. I'm going to reflect on that. And yeah, 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 that's really, really interesting. What are you observing about recruitment, particularly in the allied health Yeah, absolutely. So the recruitment is, um, what we so we can you know the narrative is there's not many people around there. It's already hard to get them. Okay, well in my experience, that's a known known though. Like that, I don't even listen to that stuff anymore. I don't either, and it's been forever. Good people are always hard to find. Yeah, what the climate is. So what? So my I guess tips and stuff, and I talk to clients around that is first of all, it's about prospecting. So pretend you're a real estate agent. What do they do? They're knocking on doors. They're building. Hustle, 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 hustle. They're talking. So, you know, relationships with people, you know, so obviously the the people coming through into this sector, where do they come from? So they go to university. So what's the relationship you've got with universities in your particular sector in allied health? Who are you networking with? Mm. What are you sharing and building your brand and presence online in social media? Where are these prospective people looking? It's no different to cross prospecting for clients, you're prospecting for employees. And uh, the question I always get people to ask themselves is, why on earth would I work for you, Kathy Love? Why on earth would I work for you, Kerry Canning at HR Advice Online? There's other businesses maybe that are like Kathy. There's other businesses maybe like HR Advice Online. So what makes you different? And part of that is about you're going to then attract the ones that you, people that you want. And also those that you don't want. So we will say to people, our business is not for you if you are looking for A, B, and C. If you want D, E, and F, we're we're your girls. Come come talk to us. Mm. So the recruitment is what are you doing along that, you know, that pipeline? So building people and looking at things differently. So, you know, if people are still at uni, what can you do in terms of placement and getting them in to have the experience and then, you know, bringing them in the way? Um, 
who you're talking to out there just in your general socialization at barbecues and at functions talk to them about hey we're in growth phase we're looking we've been saying that for years we're growing we're growing even though we didn't through COVID because one day we will be Mm. and then people say hey I know someone that needs to talk to you In the allied health business world, it's harder than you think to stay on top of everything you need to do to run a business whilst being fully present for your team and clients. If you struggle with this, you're not alone. Pretty much everybody feels this way. Some days you feel like you're crossing a decent task off just to be reminded that you then have three new tasks to take at their place. The to-do list feels like it never ends. It can be overwhelming doing it all on your own and that is why we took it upon ourselves to reach out to help you out. We have created our monthly masterclasses so that you can join and connect with others, learn bite-sized business skills, and best of all, walk away from our masterclass with tasks ticked off your list. We can guarantee that each session will provide you with at the very least five gems that you can take and put into action right there and then. And trust us, as soon as you hop off our short and sweet session, you will want to take immediate action because that is the effect that Kathy Love and these masterclasses have. Each masterclass tackles a topic that has been niggling in the back of your mind and has moved further and further down your list. However, the sooner you nip this in the bud, the sooner you will free up your time and see the results in your business. Ready to nip your business woes in the bud and start taking practical action to maximize your results this year? Join one of our monthly masterclasses today. We're thrilled to bits um, that we're hearing from our uh, our clients is that they are getting applicants for the, their jobs now. Yay! And that speaks to, you know, that's sort of getting an applicant is the tip of the iceberg. It's just the bit you see. And yeah. what you spoke to and all the help we give our members, and we've got some real tools and tactics and we really get in and support the stuff you can't see is um, – is just positioning yourself in the market, personal brand, business brand, your yeah. employee value proposition is what we call it and how important it is to have that. And you've got to be, you've got to be findable. You can't sell a secret. Like exactly. popping an ad up on Seek and then coming and sort of saying, what else do I do? Yeah, yeah. well, there's a 9999 other things. Indeed. So adding to that, I'm not sure about your your audience, how much and how active they are on LinkedIn. And I yeah. have, again, have been in a couple of minds around LinkedIn. I've, we've certainly changed. And, and I think LinkedIn is absolute gold for recruitment. Yep. yep. And following the right people and being connected and being seen as a thought leader out there. It's like, you know, if I can go to, you know, for example, this chiropractic clinic versus that chiropractic clinic. Mm. And this one I'm seeing, wow. And and not just about the work they do, but again, one of our clients does this amazing social media around their team. They just have fun and mm-hmm. they post what the team do. So that's mm. your EVP in picture of people seeing going, wow, they did this is a team event, or they just or they just went out for lunch together, or they yeah. celebrated a birthday. It doesn't have to mm. be a big event. But it's it's demonstrating your culture and again the why work for me through through visual. Yeah, I am hopeful that this mobility. If if we sit with the idea that the the volume of the workforce is the same and going to be staying the same, we know there's people leaving Allied Health at alarming rate, but there's also graduates coming in. So the volume, I think, is about the same. Uh, it means that you're going to have to play differently and work really differently. But whilst volume is the same, mobility is just going up and up and up. And I've noticed that candidates are moving states as well and that they're more mobile um, than previously they might have just kind of 
you know, crossed town or driven 20 minutes in a different direction. They're actually, there's a little bit of curiosity and wanting a bit more variety and they haven't been able to travel, but they might not want to go overseas. So they'll go interstate as well. And I think these are all really, really good signs, really good spring signs that Mm. there's a bit Uh, more choice out there. I would agree. And again, obviously it depends on no allied health is very broad, but it depends Mm. on the position. So some can be done remotely. Some are obviously hands-on. So it's about figuring out um, what you can do and how you could do the role. So I just challenge us to kind of reset our mindset and go, right, so here's the way we would normally do the role. Could it be done a different way that's more attractive and appealing to people and how am I going to stand out around that? Yeah, yeah. And then you've got to stand to what you you pitch um, Mm. out there in your recruitment regime. Uh, And so... Let's just say you you get the clinician, the next clinician, your ideal teammate coming in. You've got to then deliver on what you said you're going to deliver. And that I, I just so often worry a little bit that the onboarding experience for people coming in is a little suboptimal. And yeah. that onboarding stuff is probably the most important. We talk about 100 days onboarding curriculum. Yeah, um, It just sets sets the stickiness really kind of sets the scene for what it's going to be like working working with them what 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 don't business owners do enough of in that onboarding piece do you think yeah so I think there's the so let's so let's take that so we've recruited someone we've we're all excited yep. we're in the very early stages you've got your contract you've given notice and whether it's one or four weeks at some point in time you're going to join this new company yep so what are you doing from the time the contract is signed oh, good point yeah yeah start? So again, I'll just share something that we do. As soon as our we pre, we used to send the letter of offer with a bunch of flowers or a bottle of something to the to the candidate. Mm. We now wait because it's all done electronic. We get the the employment contract back signed, and then the flowers or the gift arrives sometime in that space, just out of the blue. They're not expecting it in terms of a mm. welcome. We're so excited about having you on board. Um, again, and with the person's permission, we will do things like and recommend that they have a Teams meeting with some of the other team members. So talk to your colleagues, get to meet them. Now, whether they're involved in the recruitment process or not depends on your business, but let's say they're, they're not as much. That's very much part of it as well. So you've got that period between, as I said, one to four weeks. So what are you doing to keep engaged and asking yes. the person what they would like? Can I send you, would you like to see some of our communication? Would you like to be involved to what level? Then we start and I mentioned. But, but I want to add in that this nurturing and engagement um, really helps minimise the risk of ghosting. Correct. Absolutely, it does, Kathy. Because you've got your, you've already started your yeah. relationship, so you know that you're pretty confident they're going to turn up on on day one. But there's so um, many stories when they they quit by via text the night before. Correct. You go. What's that all about? You know. So why is that? So what can you do to keep engaged in that period of time? And I'm not just talking about monetary things. I mean, I, I use the example of flowers, but just the communication. We're humans, and we want to be engaged as human beings with relationship. So then first day comes, I mentioned before about, you know, KPIs and setting the what does day one look like, day three, doing that pre-work and where you can, if they're they're okay to, you email that beforehand. So let's say, for example, day one, I know your your hours are normally nine to five, but on day one, don't come in till 10 o'clock. And if you're driving, here's where you park. And we've organised a buddy for you or we're going to catch up and have a cuppa. 
and then articulate what day one looks like on day one. So as I mentioned before, all you have to do is put your voice message on your mobile phone and get your email working. That's it. So what are the expectations and spell that out? So give them a bit of a a table of what the first few weeks, months look like. I think that's really important because it's known we're taking away that, that uncertainty. People want certainty. So I think there's some things onboarding really, really important and where you can buddy them up with a peer. Yeah, Maybe it's yeah, someone that's yeah. been there for a long time, someone's been there for a short time, and then we have this thing that we call, for want of a better word, it's a six-week in chat, but you can use it at any time. But it's basically a we're going to get together and have a conversation, but I'll send you something beforehand so you can think about it. So is the job what you thought it was going to be? What have you loved about your experience since you've joined? Um, if you had your time again, is there anything that we could do differently for you again to improve on our system, mm-hmm. process, whatever? Um, is is what we said it was going to be what it is in terms of culture, values, experience, and um, and what are you looking forward to the most over the mm. next two, three months? So something that's just a, a stop to reflect that we don't take this for granted. Yeah, and that brings in that um, commitment to improvement, and that your most recent team member is actually you know, contributing to the onboarding of the next person as as well. So right. that feedback just strengthens your systems and the experience for them and the whole team. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, it's amazing what you hear through that. It's some things that you would never even thought about that are really important to one person or not another. And that just helps you, which is the other thing is it's not just a template. So we start with a framework, but everyone is different. So the more that you can find out what truly motivates the individual, the the better that not just the onboarding experience is going to be, but the whole retention. And, you know, we do that from obviously the recruitment at the start, but the the, the lived experience when you start with us. Yeah. Random question. Have you read the book, The Five Languages of Appreciation in the Workplace? No, I haven't. I'm going to gift it. No, no, no. Leave it. I'm going to gift it to you. Are you? Oh, how yeah, I, love I don't know where I love you live, but I'll find out. Isn't it good? Um, you kind of get the gist of it, but it talks about those personal motivations and per- identi- how to identify what is personally rewarding for different yeah. people. Oh, I love it, Kathy. And and we use, and a lot of our clients use as well, you know, some behavioural profiling in terms of yeah. people's preferences. So it's like, you know, do these people need a bit more detail or do they need a bit more space or do they, you know, it's a human injury. Like what, what works for them? Yeah. So you add all of this. At the end of the day, as I said, we're living, breathing humans and we want to connect. Yeah. And at the end of the day, you actually want your good people to stay. Correct. And to keep coming to work and to be happy to do so and they're on purpose and they're productive as well. And I've been saying for a couple of years now that retention is the new recruitment. Yeah. I don't know how popular that is out there, but it seems to to resonate. Um. So what are your what are your thoughts about retention and getting keeping the right people for the right reason for the right amount of time as well because they're going to have to leave at some point but well that's exactly and, and that's it so there's a couple of things around that that I would add is one is first of all if you think about the role so what's a reasonable expectation for someone mm. to stay in this role now that varies for some it's two years. For some, it's five years, some it could be forever. So think about that first of all and be upfront about that in terms of, hey, this particular role, we know that typically people come in, they like, you know, a couple of years and then they might move on or move up or move across or it's a, you know, forever, forever type role. So there's that part, it, 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 I think, is really important. 
Then in terms of, you know, I mentioned before about a six-week in-chat. So, again, depending on how long they've been there and what the size of your business is, a brown bag lunch. So a similar conversation. What is so, that? You know what a brown bag, so you know when you go, to, we used to go to school and we'd have a brown paper bag and we'd have our sandwich and an apple and a drink in it. So yeah. you actually have a, or, or you do your tuck shop order. So you get your brown bag and you actually have a, like a lunch and learn. So we're going to do a brown bag lunch over lunch and we're going to just have conversations. So an expansion of that six-week in-chat in a smaller group. So someone that's been here five years, 10 years, two months, three weeks, whatever it might be, a mix of people, and that is... Um, tell us how you describe our company and our culture and our business to your friends where, about where you work. So, again, it's what, what it's doing is the reflection piece but actually bringing back to the forefront and more conscious about why I actually love doing what I'm doing as an employee um, and some of those other questions about improvement as well. So I think there's that's more in, in a group and from a culture perspective. The other things are having regular one-on-one. So, yeah. you know, Ideal once a month, one-on-one, half a dozen questions, and I'm going to give you a, a couple. So, you know, performance management without sounding too too formal, if you like, which is so let's say it's once a month. So, Kathy, tell me about your greatest experience over the last month. Like what, what's your highlight? What did you love? Um, if you had your time again, what would you do differently faced with the same situation? Um, is there anything that you need different from me, from our, from the business, from our colleagues? And when we sit down again in a month's time, what will you have achieved? What's going to be the big thing that you will have done? And are we still on track for those sort of six, 12-month goals? So really, rather than, hi, Kathy, how are you going? Yeah, good. Yeah, great. How's work? <laughs> good, feels good. Hmm. Like this is, you know, we just need to give people some prompters to start the conversation. Yeah, it's such a, a good reminder about powerful what 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 we call powerful questions and so it's sometimes we ask questions that we know the answers to or that we only want the answers to rather than those Mm. bigger Socratic questions that really open up the conversation you've got to be pretty brave to get to put those big ones out there absolutely so again you know don't ask if you don't want to know the answer but really and this is where as human beings often we you know we can feel that it's not quite right but it's a tough conversation and you don't want to upset people and you don't want to be you don't want them to leave and you don't want them to go (laughs) yeah so say we love working with you and you just seem that you know, again, could be right, could be wrong, but I just get a feeling things aren't quite right. You don't need to share anything, but if there's something to do with work that I can have an influence on, let me know. So that retention piece is just about constant conversation. So having a bit of a structure and process can help that, Kathy. And then the other thing is when the time comes, as it always does, to part ways, like in relationships, you know, hopefully you've got an environment where you can have an adult conversation. Yeah. And yep. go, it's okay that it's time to go. I mean, we just one of our st- gorgeous staff members who's been with us for six years um, has just recently left us. We've been having conversation about it for the last 12 months. Yeah. So it's no big surprise. It's like, it's okay. Yeah. I recall uh, some really steep learning around exactly this when I had my practice. And it was a complete and utter mental game changer when I realized that I that I had a a temporary role in their career Mm. and that my job was to show up and be the best possible manager leader for them in this chapter of their professional career. Yeah. And that I had done my job well when they left well. 
Yeah. Isn't it just isn't an amazing shift? And there's kind of that aha moment that, wow, just because it's your business and you own it and you're passionate about it and you might have it forever doesn't mean that your team will yeah. stay forever. So those whole pieces around what's a reasonable expectation for the life cycle of an employee in your business or in this role, mm. what works for them, having regular conversations so that we're, we don't go off on different tangents and, and where we can we tweak and where we can't, it's also okay to acknowledge that. Yeah. I think some black and white thinking comes in here though and because it's an uncomfortable topic and you don't want to raise it, you just instantly call it a difficult conversation and then it gets all chocolate-coated with anxiety and avoidance and all of that stuff what we like to call them is necessary conversations. Oh, I love it. Necessary and if they're necessary conversations, they're necessary. And you don't leave a necessary conversation till it's triple XL. You start those necessary conversations when it's small and manageable and you just do your yeah. best, the best you can to, yeah, yeah de-escalate. Or to, no, that's not a good word, but to just, yeah, manage it proactively. And nip it in the bud. So, again, if you put yeah. a process in of a monthly one-on-one, it becomes you've you've actually created an opportunity for conversations to happen. Yeah, but you can still avoid all of those necessary topics, even still. Oh, absolutely. (laughs) No doubt. And we are all humans and we absolutely do that. What we know is, as you say, things could become, you know, it's the the mountain, isn't it? So it's a little drip and a little drip and a little drip and a little drip and all of a sudden it explodes. So we don't want to be in that situation. Nobody does, neither party. No. No. And it's it it's where so much tension is created as the business owner and the business director. And I was talking to someone just this morning about when reflection, the practice of reflection becomes rumination. And when when that toxicity and you just it's getting gloomier and gloomier as well. And some of this tension around leading yourself and leading team and what you avoid and you know what you haven't asked yet and what you haven't done yet. You've got to tap into that as a director, as a rule. And then sometimes you just have to, um, you know, as as a manager, business owner, leader, it's like some people will never, ever resign. They just, for whatever reason, <laughs> they that, so they may not be enjoying it, but they don't, they're just not capable. And sometimes you actually have to do it for them. And they will thank you for it, but they, they're not capable of doing it themselves for whatever reason. So sometimes it is that tough love. Like yep. sometimes you just, and obviously within process and all of that and with empathy and respect, but it just needs to get done. Yeah. Got a great story. Um, someone I know very well had um, someone in their business, not an allied health business, had someone in their business that came in as a graduate, was a really solid rock star employee, but the business owner said, you've been here too long. If you're still here in six months, look out. And so he really had to coach the person out of the business to get broader life and work experience. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and you're right. And we please hear, leave. Please, please leave. get more life experience. Exactly. And you hear a lot with family businesses, don't you? So oh, that course, might be the yeah. end game. But we say, in order for you, you've got to go out and experience the world. So you need to go and work in different organisations to be able to bring all mm. of that extra different thinking and knowledge back in, not just you know progress through. So. Yeah, it's it's fascinating, isn't it? You know, the human journey. Yes, yes. Which mm. brings me, which kind of gives me a bit of a, a segue um, about being a director and some of those motivations that you go into business for, some of them pan out, some of them don't, some of them disappear really, really quickly. But 
one thing I've always admired about you, Kerry, is the lifestyle approach you have to your business and the lifestyle approach you have to being a director. And I happen to know how many games of golf you've played very recently on the long (laughs) weekend. What are your kind of thoughts and tips about balance, broader balance? Neither of us like the work-life balance concept, but balance is perhaps the more useful part of it. How do you kind of get it all done? Yeah, that's a great question. Well, for a start, I'm blessed I have a beautiful business partner. Um, So that's terrific. So we share that load, if you like. I've got a great team. But our business is in its 12th year. I was the co-founder. And I remember, like you would have done, working in at the very start. I think you earn 20 cents an hour if you're lucky. You're working 24-7. You're always on. It's constant. So I had a very strong vision for the business that what we needed to create was something that was scalable, sustainable and saleable so whether we had one client or a thousand we could scale it it was sustainable in that the model kept evolving so it was current and relevant which meant that if I ever wanted to I could sell it and my first business partner did sell her 50% share for my new business partner who bought her in who bought her out so so that was the start. So I'm digressing a bit. But in terms of beginning with the end in mind, mm-hmm. I never wanted to be in a position where I was working seven days a week. My personal lifestyle has always been that I can do things that I want to do. So I play golf a couple of times a week at least. So my Tuesday is my golf day. And unless there is a client, as happened yesterday, which happened to be a Tuesday, that had a particular issue that I needed to be there for, I just changed my golf day. That's my mental health, my recharge, my time to do. So I have lots of different, I guess, compartments in my my business. So there's me as the business owner, me as a partner and a mother, me as, you know, on different committees doing different things. So a number of years ago, Kathy, I did tell people I played golf on a Tuesday. Now I say very proudly, Tuesday's my golf day. If it's urgent, you need me and we've got notice, I'm sure I can do it. So I'm very clear on those boundaries and the whole business is not just Sally and I as owners, but our entire team. So um, it it is making the time for yourself. Now, it took us a few years. So Mm. 2015, we hired our first employee and that was hard for me to delegate. When I did and put some systems and structures in place, they do it way better than I could ever do it. So the balance and the lifestyle is critical. I'm taking two weeks off in November to go overseas with my son and the business will run perfectly without me. Yeah, so important. Otherwise, you're a slave to the business. Indeed. And now some days I'll come back from golf and I'm feeling enthused and I'll come in and I might spend an hour on the computer, but I don't have to. Mm. Or I'll get up the next morning and do something. So I'm very, that, that compartmentalizing my life, I've always done it. And now I'm in a beautiful position that we built a business that is sustainable and funds all of our lifestyles in our business. It continues to grow and affords that to our entire team. So the philosophy goes through the business. It's not where the directors, we don't have to work. So I'm very proud and whenever I'm at a networking event or talking to people, I actually now say I have a fantastic business called HR Advice Online that funds my lifestyle to play golf and my other passion is is, um horse racing and once a number of committees. So if you want to play golf or you want to go to the races, I'm your girl. (laughs) Two mighty fine options. I think kudos on that. Kudos on that. You gotta kind of stick to your stick to your intentions or else you can just disappear into the 
into the weeds of well, you do, And you and I both know, I've had days, you've had them where we sit down and you're at the computer 24-7, you actually don't recharge. So I think I'll just mm. stay here a bit longer and do this when, in fact, you have to go outside and have a walk. Yep. Or you have yep. to just postpone something or delegate it to someone else or just put your hand up and go, I'm a bit overwhelmed, I don't even know where to start. Yep, drowning. Yep, absolutely. So yeah. that's my, so I very proudly share that story now. And I'm known now when I turn up at something, they go, you're the golf lady or you're the horse lady. And I'm really happy with that. <laughs> I've been known for my business just as someone <laughs> that hopefully can um, share some how we got where we got to. Yeah, I think um, really, Im- really important to kind of just call it how it is. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Well, it's true and it, it's it's my integrity. People will like it or they won't. That's okay. Yeah. That's their stuff. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I think you're awesome. Thank you. Thank you for coming in and sharing some good stuff up. It's my pleasure. It's been so much fun. And I, you know, I just I love this space. I'm so passionate about human beings being the best version of them. Yeah. And yeah. how do we help them? What can we do? And how do we help? You know, as I said, I get it. We outsource everything that's not HR because that's all that's all we know. <laughs> so, <laughs> Marketing and and um, finance and bookkeeping. I mean, do what you do really well, and then get those great like you. You know, mm. conversations you and I have about running businesses. It's just fantastic. So surround yourself with really great people. Absolutely agree. Thank you, thank you, thank you. It's my absolute pleasure, and thank you, for listeners, for listening. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. For the show notes and other resources, our webinar replays, they're all available over on naker.com.au. And if you're loving what you're listening to, please subscribe. We don't want you to miss out on a single thing. And if you want others to get the same benefit that you've had from listening into these episodes, please share this episode and any of the others forward to any of your other allied health business colleagues. And we are totally here for you. Don't forget for a moment that you can jump on in and book that power call and uh, we can see how we can help you get the best of business done. Looking forward to seeing you there.